Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. I, I want to go ahead and, and uh, uh, try to shift gears as best as I can because I do believe that uh, the time is short and I have a long ways to go and a short time to get there. So you'll forgive me if I change lanes at this point and start bringing us into uh, a focus to the word of God. There is a call to attention. There is a call uh, to, to, to notice the time that is at hand. There is a body of believers in the word of God. There was a group of individuals, a tribe called Issachar. Issachar was a, the, the, the name of a group of individuals that were known for a certain, uh, a certain characteristic about them. It was said that the sons of Issachar were individuals that knew the times and what men ought to do. They knew what signs of the times were and what men's, in other words, they knew how to acknowledge when it was time to shift gear, and then they knew how to call everyone into order. Okay, playtime is over. Now it's time to get ready to get down to business, right? Right? So, so I, I, I just kind of wanted to uh, bring us to that point of delivery um, into the message, and if you are... are Okay with it, uh, with your pastor's permission, I'd like for you to stand in the reverence to the reading of the word of God and quickly go to the book of Matthew. Uh, You guys okay? You guys love me? Praise God. Um, Since I couldn't get good hair, I just said, you know what? I'm cutting it all off, man. I'm getting getting rid of it, man. Later for you. Amen. Um, So as you're flipping pages, Matthew chapter 8. Um, there is a couple of verses that I want to bring to your attention. Um, starting with verse 14. There's a, uh, before we get there, there were several things that took place uh, from verse 1 all the way down to verse 13. It's a quick reference of things that have been taking place as Jesus was there. And, and, and healings and miracles and deliverances. And a whole lot of things had been taking place and, and is recorded there in the first 13 verses. And then in verse 14 is where our passage of focus is. And it says, when Jesus came into Peter's house, he saw that Peter's mother-in-law was laying there in bed with a fever. And he touched her hand and the fever left her. And Jesus got up and began to wait on him. And she began to wait on him. She didn't just go out and celebrate and do all the things that she could have done, wish she could have done. Immediately, she was healed, and immediately, she began to serve. I wanted you to recognize that. 16, when evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to him, and he drove out the spirits with a word and healed the sick. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah saying, he took up infirmities and bore our diseases. I want you to acknowledge that everything that I've read so far and even the verses that I referenced to earlier, they all give a call to carry, a call to service, a call to duty. And then we come to a passage of focus. So that in verse 18, it says, when Jesus saw the crowd around him, he gave orders to the cross to cross to the other side of the lake. And then a teacher of the law came to him and said, teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. 
Well, that's, boy, that's, whew, that's a ride or die statement right there. You don't say stuff like that and just nonchalantly walk away from it all. You say that because you mean to get down with the get down. Huh? He says, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus looked at him and he said, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the son of man have no place to lay his head. And still the disciple says, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. And Jesus responds back. There's a little resistance. I don't know if you see the gentleman's conversation that's going on. It's a chess game that's going back and forth. And Jesus gets ready to put him in checkmate. And he says this, follow me and let the dead bury the dead. Father, in Jesus' name, hide me behind the shadow of the cross. Give me simple words easy to understand. And let us not leave the same way we came in. In Jesus' name, everyone said, you may be seated in the house of God. There's a message that Jesus begins to present. And ever since he made that message, we've been trying to convey that to the body of Christ. And for every individual that has ever said, I will follow you wherever you go. I'm like that. Here is my resume. This is my reputation. You might have had other individuals, but not like me. So let me just set the record straight. Jesus, God, kingdom of heaven. You should be lucky that I'm aboard because I'm your man. Wherever you go, I'm going to follow you. And Jesus is supposed to thank him. And Jesus is supposed to be like jumping up and down. I want you to know that I'm not mad. This morning, I had a good breakfast. Man, (laughs) they put me up in a good hotel. The pillows was fluffy, man. I came in a good attitude. But I came with a burden that God himself placed upon my heart to deliver to the body of Christ because the message is a very simple message. It's a very disgusting message. It's the message of the convenient gospel. I want you to know that when you're called to the ministry, when you're called to listen, to follow after the gospel of Jesus Christ, there is no such thing as a convenient gospel. This is not supposed to tickle your ears. You're not supposed to have a ooey-gooey, fluffy feeling, strawberry shortcake, huggy bear, kissy-poo, bent-over kind of gospel. No, no, no. There is no such thing as a convenient gospel. There are convenient stores. There's a convenient kind of arch support for your shoes. There are convenient everything. You can sit in your recliner at home, sipping on iced tea, and call in pizza. You can look into the refrigerator and open it up and see the light in the back, way back of the fridge. See, when you see the light in the back of the fridge, you know you ain't got no kind of groceries. <laughs> Ask a Samoan, man. We know about the fridge. We are, huh? Refrigeratorologists. We know. Huh? We know. 
When you can see the light in the back of the refrigerator, that means it's time to go to Costco, man. <laughs> hey, look, me and the crew, we up out of here. We'll be back next week. When your mama do groceries, we'll be back. <laughs> you can actually call in your groceries, and they'll bring it to you. At least back in the day, you had to stand on the street corner and wave yourself down a taxi. Uh-uh. Man, I got a smartphone, and I could get me an Uber right now, right here. Wait for me outside. Everything is of convenience. I want you to check yourself when you come into the place of moving the kingdom of God. Because when you come into a place of action, it is your action that is required. Because God's action has already been accomplished 2,000 years ago on a hill called Golgotha. Make no mistake about it. I don't know where you thought you came to. But this is CWC Christian Worship Center. There is no such thing as convenient worship center. This is not the one. That might be the first church of the Frigidaire down the street. It might be over in Los Gatos, Santa Clara, somewhere. No, no, no. That's not this one. This one, we need to work. This one, we need to work. This one, we need to work. Every man works out their own salvation with fear and trembling. You don't get to sit back and relax and watch everyone else move the kingdom of God. You don't get to just expect that Billy is the only one to do the sound equipment because that's his gift. No, no, no. You can help do something. You can help do something. Pastor Matt is the only one that's required to, to, to get down with the... No, no, no. Everybody gets involved. Pastor Dan used to have a, an office right next to my office. Right? And, and, and I hated it because he had everything, like, meticulous. Like, doggone it, man. How come I can't have an office like this, man? I'm about to pay somebody to come in and do my office so that I can one-up this guy, man. Bad enough he got better hair than me. Now his office is tight, like tight. And this is before him and Angie even got married. This is before. He, he, his office was, was tight. He had this weird thing that he put on the wall. And every day when I would walk by his office, he, I would stare at this wooden artifact that was hung on the wall. And, and, and I, I thought, man, why has he even got that? He don't even know what that is for, man. He don't even know how to use that thing, man. You know what I mean? Don't, don't tell him I said that. <laughs> don't tell him. But I'm like, you know what that is? What was on there, they, they call that uh, hollis. Uh, they, uh, they call it an oar. An oar. A paddle. You know what I mean? But see, when you're from the islands and, and you grew up, see, some kids, they dream about uh, a, a bicycle, you know, a, a, a scooter, you know. They got the what you call this where you stand on it and you only have to have to, man, what? Talk about convenience. Uh-uh. When we was kids, if you had a canoe, you was like, ooh. That was the equivalent of you going to high school in a Beamer. You know what I mean? We had, we had canoes. And, and the, thing about, the thing about canoes is that you couldn't just get into a canoe and say, okay, take me to this address. All right? And then go back to texting. Nah. 
You got into a canoe, and the first thing that you were issued wasn't a seatbelt. It was a paddle. And everyone that got a paddle had a responsibility. And it wasn't just to hold on to it or look at it or be cute with it. No, you had to paddle. You had to paddle. Everybody had to paddle. And you had to do equal amount of work on this side as you did on this side. Have you ever seen a a buff Samoan guy just on one side? No, it don't exist, man. They like blood out to the second power. Pow, pow, pow. Right? You know why? Because you had to work this way and you had to work this way so that you can get to the other side. What are you saying? I'm saying this. I'm saying that Pastor Dan had that on the wall. And here I am thinking that I know more about the paddle than he could ever, ever know about. But underneath the caption read this. And it forever stuck in my mind. The caption read this. Destination by participation. Do you know what that means? That means that we can't get nowhere until you use that paddle. You better paddle, baby. You better paddle. What am I saying? I'm saying in the kingdom of God, everyone has a task. Everyone has a chore. Everyone has to go to work. If you agree with that statement, say amen. Amen. Praise God. No, y'all need to praise God. You you need to clap your hands one more time. (laughs) Stop doing the, stop doing the, I'm going to do things my way. I'm going to go to church and you guys are lucky that I'm sitting in the pews or sitting in my seat and you you guys should be, I'm going to do things the way I want it. What? I'm not going to church. No, I'm already coming to this service. Uh Uh-uh. No, I'm going to read my Bible when I want to read my Bible. I'm going to pray when I want to pray. I'm going to turn in my master's commission assignments when I want to. Hey, listen. You're not in control. You're not God. I'm not either. Ain't nobody up in here can walk on water. Only one could. And he's the only one that can issue marching orders. The rest of us need to hub to. Three, four, up, two, three, march, march, march. Close your mouth and march. Stop bickering and complaining and march. Stop offering your suggestions and just do what you're told. If this is the army, then recognize the chain of command. Is your walk with God convenient or is it committed? Is your walk with God complacent or is it concise and focused? I know my place. I know my position. I know the promise that I made to God. See, some of us were very careful when we came to Jesus. When you bowed your your hearts before the Lord, you know exactly what you were giving up. And you were quick to do it too. God, if you just save me, I'll give you everything. God saves you. And you barely giving out anything. I'm going to tell you something. You need to know that God expects all from you because he gave all from his, his end. Now, it used to be a song that, that came on and it was popular. It was popular back then. Um, and it was by an individual named Stevie Wonder. He sang his heart out. That boy could sing. 
he sounded like me, man. Like Pastor, <laughs> me and Pastor Troy put together and then Stevie Wonder, you know? <laughs> Bam, la da. Right? <laughs> Billy's like, yeah. <laughs> but Stevie Wonder wrote this song and quickly it went up the charts, and you guys might remember, but it's, it said, part time lover. You know what I mean? Part-time lover. Let me tell you something. There is no such thing as part-time servanthood. Amen. Amen. You need to be committed at home like you're committed here. I can't just be a husband to my wife when she's by my side. I need to be a husband to my wife when I'm 100 miles away. I can't just... Be in love with Jesus when I'm up in church and everybody's watching me. I need to be in love with Jesus when I'm in the middle of a workplace and everybody's cussing up a storm and everybody's mocking me and and cussing me out and calling me names and saying that I should... No, no, no. It's at that point that I need to be committed with my gospel. Why? Because I have a committed gospel, not a convenient gospel. Ain't no such thing as a a a convenient gospel. Say amen. amen. Praise God. Praise God. It's, it's a weird dude that comes around and just offers more vo- voice and opinion. More so than his hands-on experience. You ever know anybody that just has something to say about everything? But when it comes time to roll up your sleeves, you, you man, they ghosted. They're gone. Where did brother so-and-so go? They was just talking about they had a solution. They complaining about everything under the sun. But they not willing to do one thing. Let me tell you something. Your walk with God is just like your faith in God. It's an action. You must do it. You must do it. It's, It's funny because a lot of people, they're quick. To call out the issues. They call out all the issues. Follow me on this. There's a lot of people that are professional at calling out issues. Let me tell you something, Jack. You might just be the issue because it's use. <laughs> it's use, dude. You're the one. You're the one. Come on, say amen, somebody. We need, to get, we need to get to the point where we are enjoying our service unto the Lord. Yeah. Enjoy your service unto the Lord, whether it's good or bad. But serve and serve with a joyful heart, not a bickering heart. Boy, I remember coming up. If I were to do my tasks, duties, and just bicker, we had this weird word. We had a special word for stuff like that. It was called folly. Huh? I mean, is I mean, you could do your chores and, and you could do it good. Whatever it is, you know, mow the lawn or, you know, whatever your task was, you could do it and you could do it good. But if you were to folly, if you were to bicker and complain, why don't you come out here and do it, man? But if you just show that portion of your heart, boy, you was going to get whooped. <laughs> whooped. I don't care you built the church, moved a mountain, whatever you did. But if you talk smack, 
you was going to get whooped. <laughs> Let me tell you something. God doesn't need your dollars just like he doesn't need your talent. He could care less about your art if he doesn't have your heart. Thank you, Jesus. I'm telling you, man, it's, it's a weird thing, the service of God. You know, they, they had this uh, restaurant. I don't know. They, you, depending on who you talk to, the story might change. But this is fast food chain that came up a while back, a couple years back. And, and they had this brilliant marketing uh, ploy that made them a lot of money. And, and it was called uh, Burger King. And, and the statement that they used, and everyone claimed, everyone went to that restaurant because they used this statement. And the statement was, have it your way. They made a song about it. Have it your way. At Burger King. Have it. I mean, it was like, man, I'm going to go to Burger King. You can have it your way. Okay? But everything changed when a boat from Samoa came, and the whole family went to the Burger King. Talking about, I'm going to have it my way. Boy, showed them real quick. They never used that slogan ever since, man. Don't you ever get to the part where you come to CWC and you expect you're entitled to have it your way. Don't you ever get to the part. That's a dangerous, ugly place in your spirit where you expect to have your needs met. Let me tell you what your need was. Your need was the need of salvation, and that was answered on a cross over 2,000 years ago. Outside of that, what you need to do is pick up your cross and follow God. Amen. Give God praise, somebody. Praise God. Praise God. I'm going to ask the worship team if you can make your way forward. Jesus says this statement to the young big mouth cat. He says, you know what? You need to follow me. Pick up your cross and follow me. Deny yourself. He says, let the dead bury the dead. It wasn't that he was telling the young man to disrespect his elders. It wasn't that he was telling the young man to disrespect his deceased father. He would never do that. It was that the Jewish practice of the day was that when you had passed away, they had set your body into a cave, a resting place. And that was your funeral. But Jewish customs, and still today, there are cultures that still have this. There's this term back in Samoa. Uh, the, the term is called fanolua, which is a second burial. And that's what there was referring to, the Jewish custom of a second burial. The first time was when they had just died and their spirit had left the body. They prepared the body, they put it in a tomb. And after a certain period of time, undisclosed period of time, sometimes an extended period of time, it took a long time for that body to decay, to deteriorate. Until there was nothing of the remains except for bones. And then when that time had come, they would go back into that cave where who knows how many bodies were in there, but the bodies of your loved one had already decayed and it was ready for the second burial. 
And they had professionals. They had individuals that were learned at handling the dead because you can't just do that. There's a certain way of doing it. And these individuals, after so many months had gone by, they went back into the tomb and they gathered up your loved ones with tender, with care, with precision. They would gather and prepare it for a second burial so that there was continued honor, not just for the living, but also for the dead. And at that second point, they would either give it to the family or they would take it to a final resting place. So Jesus has this young cat walk up to him and say, let me go back home and bury my dad. And then I'm going to follow you. And anywhere you go, I'm going to be there. Now you'll understand there's a little bit more of a description when Jesus says, you know what? Follow me. Let the dead bury the dead. You don't know how to do the second burial know how. You just need to fall. You mean to tell me you're trying to be a good son now? You wasn't a good son when he was alive. In other words, Jesus read right through the statement. Jesus is not so much concerned with the lip service. He said, you know what? You're making excuses. Some of us continually make excuses for why you're not serving in the house of God. Some of us continue, make a living. That's how you survive, by making excuses. Let me tell you something, Pastor Dan, Pastor Matt, the staff, not even God, deserve excuses. What we expect is servanthood. Deny yourself. Pick up your cross and follow him with your eyes closed and your heads bowed, your your hearts focused and fixed on God above. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that you would challenge our hearts. Let there be a definite evaluation of our place in the kingdom of God. Don't let me just be a casual Christian. Let me be a committed Christian. Committed to giving my service unto God. You gave your all. Teach me to do the same. And I pray in Jesus' name that when the roll is called up yonder, we would not be found short in our commitment so that we could say that we have been a good and faithful servant. I want to hear you tell me, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the kingdom, the rest, the glory of the Lord. I pray that in Jesus' name that CWC San Jose would be full of committed Christians, very committed to the gospel of Jesus Christ. I pray this now in Jesus' matchless name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea.